1: Hey, all cheaters and welcome to the always cheating podcast my name is josh i'm here with
2: brandon brandon how are you i'm great thanks josh when last we spoke the fpl site for the 21 22 season had just launched but we were still just swimming in a sea of enthusiasm for the euros the euros which have been like surprisingly amazing mm-hmm. um yet there is still a lot of FPL work to be done to get us ready for the the new season that'll like launch before we know it.
1: Yeah, I guess it's it's about five weeks away now, which that feels about right. I feel like five weeks out is when you can start to take this stuff uh, a little more seriously. Two weeks ago, when we did our our kind of launch podcast. It was like. Here, here's where things stand. We hadn't done a ton of research yet. It was kind of just like here's 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 where we are, who's here's who we are. Brandon, you and I went, um, you know, we told our personal stories. Uh-huh. So it got very extremely
2: intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but now You we're, thought now you already... knew Josh and Brandon, <laughs> but you had no idea.
1: Exactly, exactly. So uh, now we're getting down to brass tacks, Brandon, as you like to say. Yeah. Uh, and it is our, our FPL team previews uh, starting with part one, uh, the promoted teams. I'm kind of glad that we're doing it. We'd actually never done a promoted team podcast at the start of the season before. We, we normally do these, these two-part team previews where you and I spend – I mean, I would say like entire weekends, basically putting together (laughs) all the information for these, and we probably still will as we get when we when we do those. Um, But it's nice to just take three teams and just kind of lop them off that uh, lop lop them off that round off and do and do them separately because I I feel like for me personally. Um, especially when it came to Brentford, but really Norwich and Watford as well. Um, I I just, those are the areas where I really felt like I needed to boost my knowledge. And I think Mm -hmm. a dedicated podcast will be really, really helpful for that. Um, So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about uh, Brentford, Norwich and Watford today. Uh, We're going to talk about, um, uh, you know, Fantasy prospects, uh, incoming transfers, uh, the way that they play. We're going to answer listener questions. We have a lot of different things to cover. And so, uh, just a couple of quick things, though, first, Brandon. One is this year we have, for the first time ever, a 1,000 pound prize for the winner of the always cheating super league that's
2: incredible yeah Yeah, it
1: feels very big time doesn't it i feel like it used to be (laughs) i don't even know what we used like the first couple years i'm not even sure if we gave a prize away i think it was like the prize was like we literally said your name at the end of the podcast or something
2: yeah yeah basically
1: (laughs) so that's coming uh courtesy of our friends at fantasy football hub uh and you just have to register on their site you can do it as a free member or a paying member uh prior to the season starting uh and we'll talk more about them a little bit later but if you go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always you can see a bunch of Different promo codes there, um, and of course you want to join that always cheating super league too. Brandon, mm-hmm. I also want to talk about some new signings and man, it sounded like I was about to do an ad read there, but no, I'm actually <laughs> going to talk actual uh, Premier League yeah. content here. I want to talk about new signings and managerial hires. We've had a few. They kind of a lot of them came in in this like very narrow window. Between uh, between the round of sixteen ending and the quarterfinal starting, like and then those forty eight hours, they announced like everything. It was like three yeah. managers got hired. Uh, Nuno came in, uh, Rafa Benitez came in, and I feel like the biggest one though uh, was was at Man United.
2: Yeah, you're talking about jaden Sancho. Uh, the the transfer so big it, it propelled him into the starting eleven for Gareth Southgate. <laughs> it is this is obviously a transfer that everyone has been talking about for multiple seasons now. So um, I'm glad we can at least finally turn the page on, you know, when they say football is coming home, Josh, they mean that Jaden Sancho is, is coming back to England from Germany. That is really what this is all about. But this young man just turned 21 in March he is yeah. You don't really need the brief on Sancho if you're if you're listening to Always Cheating, but we expect him for United, of course, to play probably on the left. But he he is a wing player. Logged 16 goals and 20 assists in 38 match weeks for Borussia Dortmund last season. So I don't know what what is your prediction for Sancho because this is this yeah. will be the, the the discussion going into game week one of. Timo Werner was a really exciting attacking prospect came from Bundesliga to Chelsea, and it was just kind of a disaster. I mean, the story is not finished with Timo Werner yet, but um, and in my mind, I'm thinking about wingers that United have signed over the last five to 10 years from Memphis Depay to Alexis Sanchez after he was totally burnt out um, from Arsenal in Chile is and then Daniel James uh two seasons ago really nothing came of him? United are really looking for a winger who can stick, and by all accounts, Sancho is that guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, is he actually the biggest transfer in Premier League history? I feel like he's he's right up there. I know I know Pogba was like ninety million pounds. So um yeah, I mean, I, I think his le- the level is 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 pretty high, I mean, I think. Yeah, 16 and 20 last season, but then, you know, 20 goals and 20 assists the season before that. Um, and I, I believe he actually had COVID uh, last season as well, which I think yeah. may have may have depressed his numbers uh, a little bit uh, last season. I mean, you know, just turned 21. Um, I like how, you know, versatile he is. Um, I, I, I'm i not sure how how he fits in yet either. I mean, I think that um, I, mean, I mean, you wonder if. I mean the, the forward spot I think is really interesting right now for Man United. I mean, do they play Greenwood up front the way they did at times last season, and then you could play um, Sancho and Rashford um, mm-hmm. together, right and and left, then, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then and then Bruno behind in the attacking midfield spot. I mean, Sancho can play in, in that attacking midfield spot as well. So from a fantasy perspective, I, I, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, they haven't announced his price yet, and mm-hmm. I think that'll be a, a huge factor. Man United have good fixtures throughout start the season, but. Um, I'm kind of with you. I mean, Timo Werner, that, by the way, that's Champions League winner Timo Werner for you, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, that's uh, that's 37 goals chalked off or offside this season.
2: Timo. He had an incredible yeah. impact on that Champions League final match Timo. Did. Yeah.
1: And we, we, we don't hate Timo. You know, it's just that from a fantasy perspective, we were all really excited about him last season. He came in. I think he started game week one at like 50 percent ownership, which is insanely high for a new signing this season. And I I suspect, you know, Sancho will probably come in really high, too. Right. I mean, he's a it uh, made United's a hugely popular club. It gets The uh, England bump gets the England bump as well. Um, You know, he may not start at the start of the season. I mean, I think one thing that, that we, we're going to have to reckon with, and we, we can do this more in later pods as, as we see how far all these teams go is that, We may not get some of these players in game weeks one or two um, at the Mm -hmm. start of the season, at least not as starters. Um, You know, someone like Bruno probably safe now that Portugal are out. But um, I don't know. I mean, you know, if if England make the final, then. Um, I think it's possible that a lot of those players don't play in game week one.
2: Yeah, they'll be promised a holiday before they report to training. They'll miss some of the preseason matches. Just getting particularly with Sancho being new to the club. And I mean, does Ole have any tactics at all? Uh, LOL. Like, what does Sancho actually have to learn? I, I yeah. mean, the other, the other, the, the main takeaways, you I put think, your for, hand
1: right in the, right in the scorpion's <laughs> mouth there, Brandon, <laughs> right, <laughs> right in the scorp, scorpion's mouth, scorpion's tail. I bet the uh, scorpion has a sharp mouth too.
2: I'm in danger. Basically I'm in danger <laughs> right now, but I, I think key takeaways that I'm thinking about with Sancho are he is, he's a player who likes to dribble and, and take on. So you have this issue with Sala where it's very hard for Sala to accumulate bonus points in the fantasy game because he's constantly getting tackled by defenders. And I think that's probably going to yeah. be an issue with Sancho. And then yeah. um, I think I got this stat right. In the Bundesliga last season, he was top uh, for winning penalties. The question then is, is Sancho the player to get or does he just make having Bruno all that more valuable?
1: Yeah, and remains to be seen. I mean, I know that's kind of a boring answer, but uh, I, I will not have Sancho in game week one. Uh, I say that now, Brandon. This is, this is like what we said about Mo Salah um, a, a few seasons ago when he joined. We're like, no, Salah, give him time give give gifts all the (laughs) time. And then he scored like three goals in every preseason match. And I was like, well, maybe we'll just like toss him in there and see what happens. So so we'll see. But at the moment I'm firmly in the uh, wait on Sancho stick with Bruno. Um, But I mean, I I hope he does well. I mean, it'd be great. If we have another top fantasy asset um, that just makes the game more fun. So,
2: um,
1: so he's, he's the big signing. We don't have to go too long on some of the other ones, but there were a couple of interesting moves that I just wanted to highlight here. Um, Brennan, your boy, uh, Trinsau
2: has mm. joined joined uh, mm-hmm. wolves from, from I've place. been following him with great interest Trinchao.
1: Yeah, Trinchao. Uh he is a, a 21-year-old Portuguese wim, uh, winger. He is uh a, a shocking anytime a Portuguese player joins Wolves, Brandon. I know. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, he's on a, a loan to permanent deal from Barcelona. Um you know, I mean what, what I think is interesting here is just that they they do need more wingers and um, he's got a 25 million uh, market valuation on transfer market and mm-hmm. like maybe that's like a lame thing to throw in there but Sometimes when I don't know a ton about players, I I really do like to go to transfer market just to see how highly they're rated, you know, Mm -hmm. it can be kind of useful to know, especially when they're young, um, you know, whether they can maybe explode later on. And so um, highly regarded winger, um, clearly not someone that you wanted your game week one team, but just uh, throwing his name onto people's radar.
2: Uh, Yeah. And then Southampton, I think this one is a a, Southampton in FPL. Lore has always had great, fullbacks and they've just signed mm-hmm. a new one romaine Perot, uh 15 million dollar deal uh from where did he come from <laughs>
1: ligon i don't know <laughs> what, what club i can't remember but he came from ligon
2: <laughs> yeah but, but uh mr Perro, he's probably uh, he's he's a great detective and now he's a great left back for southampton yeah. we'll expect him to slot in yeah. immediately and at a 5 million fpl price tag i uh, think southampton Good enough under Hasan that that's a worthy punt.
1: Yeah, he he's joining by the way from from Brest. Is, is that how you say that? I'm not sure. It's pronounced B R E S T. Brandon sounds um, good. Yeah, and so yeah, uh, at Price now has a five million, which kind of uh, is kind of a bummer. I was hoping he'd come in at four point five. Um, five million for a Southampton left back feels a little rich for my blood. So. Um, I was, you know, so we're, we're announcing him, Brandon, right and we will probably never have met squad the entire season. <laughs> if Danny, Ings, a double
2: game week. if Danny Ings leaves Southampton as, as uh, seems to be likelier and likelier, they're just left with Che Adams up front. And you're hoping that James Ward Prowse is pulling the strings. I'm really not that enthusiastic about Southampton right now. I mean, in, in yeah. that, in that type of situation, maybe, yeah, defensive assets for Southampton become more interesting because if their at- attack is muted, you really have to lean into clean sheets uh, if you're Haas and Hoodl. So that's, that's a story for Southampton for a later date. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, at, least, yeah, at least it's going to stay stable, but yeah, exactly. We'll see what happens with, with Ings, um, you know, stable in, their, in terms of they're having that, that um, RB Leipzig. Uh, formation yeah. um, leads Jack Harrison signs on a permanent deal. And Brendan, he actually is our boy. I have jokingly call it for the players as your boy, but, but he is, you and I had NYCF season tickets for, yeah. for one season yeah. uh, before uh, commuting community to the Bronx from Brooklyn was just too much of a, a pain for us. And horrible. Uh, yeah. It did like ninety plus minutes um he uh, uh had eight goals and 10 assists last season uh played extremely well in that left wing spot um especially down the stretch i thought he was really strong down the stretch um, another leads player with a reasonable price tag. he comes in at six million um we've already talked on uh, the last podcast about rafinha and uh in dallas and those players are 0.5 million and point, f- point 5 million more and less uh than harrison um does harrison enter your your thoughts at all fantasy wise
2: Possibly. I mean, he had, he certainly had key matches last season where if you owned him in fantasy, you, you know, you've got a brace and an assist and, and you could really rake in the points. The problem with Harrison is he is less consistent than a player like Rafinha. And so, yep. uh, you know, the, the stats versus eye test, you watch Leeds, and Rafinha is just far more direct. I think he is, far more likely to be involved consistently. And when you're in this, for me, in this, you know, six to seven million price bracket, what I desire is consistency as opposed to just big, Big spurts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really think there there could be. I don't know if it's game week one. I don't know when it happens, but I, I think game week one. They don't they play away to Man United. Uh, so maybe not that one, but I th- I think early on, I would not be surprised at all if I end up doubled up on on Leeds players. I mean, maybe I even spend the extra. There's all these seven point five million forwards. Maybe I spend the extra point five million and put Bamford into my squad. I mean, it's kind of funny how Bamford is going to become this really consistent forward who clearly fits extremely well at Leeds, who is going to have like like no ownership because he's just 0.5 million more than all of these other uh players but he might end up being the best of that kind of mid-price forward lot so um lots to like on that team uh two more players uh one is uh i'm going to talk about norwich more later but um just another transfer announcement which is that uh, billy gilmore signed on a a season-long loan deal uh, with norwich he is the uh uh chelsea midfielder i feel like the big gilmore thing though is that everyone was just really blown away by how well he played for scotland um mm-hmm. in that scotland england match of course he immediately got COVID afterwards uh, but <laughs> um i think apparently he's okay i saw some photos of him he seems like he's which is scotland good news yeah very much so
2: yeah yeah billy gilmore and, and and i think yeah as you say josh we'll talk a lot about norwich in a few minutes here but we're at 4.5 for a midfielder right now, we're just looking for any player in that price range who gets minutes. You can really dissect Gilmore's points potential after that, but I'm enthusiastic about him actually getting minutes. And then, yeah, the last, the last big announcement that was, uh, there are there are a few others that I would, I would quickly flag Josh, speaking of 4.5, Ben white, uh, the defender Mm -hmm. moving from, uh, Brighton, to Arsenal. I think suddenly yep. you, this is that point where you where because the FPL ma- uh, game is launched, they priced players for certain teams and then they get these moves to bigger teams where maybe uh that's an upgrade on their FPL value. Ben White is what, certainly one of those. But Leicester, they signed uh Patson Daka for 33 million. Uh he is a forward very much in that Jamie Vardy Mold scoring 34 goals, 12 assists, and 44 in 44 appearances for RB Salzburg last season. I think um, the 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 way you describe uh, DACA here in the running notes, Josh, is that he is pacey. So that is why we would liken him to Vardy. So the great question will be going into game week one: Is DACA just a an, an apprentice to Jamie Vardy? He comes in probably in what would be the extreme twilight of Jamie Vardy's Lester career to well, kind
1: of uh, extreme it's not, twilight feels strong. <laughs> the twilight, let's say not extreme Yeah. Right. Twilight. I mean, he was, he was it's gunning not, for the it's golden. It's not 11 <laughs> PM here, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, um, but yeah, DACA's DACA's minutes will be interesting to see as the Premier League season gets up and running. And I think FPL clearly thinks there's something here with Patson DACA because they've priced him at 7.5 million. So, that is, you know, you're talking about Bamford's price, Josh. That is, uh, when you're when you're looking at known quantities, strikers that we know can deliver from last season, be it DCL, Bamford, Ali Watkins, and the like. To have DACA come in at 7.5, he's really going to have to do something dazzling at the start of the season sure. to convince us he's worth investing in. For sure.
1: Uh, but, you know, I, I feel like Lester just always do good transfer business or almost always, you know, so I, yeah. I feel like he's he's definitely one uh, to watch. I mean, we saw with Ian Acho, right? It took him a couple of years and then suddenly at the end of last season, he was yeah. fantastic, right? I mean, yeah. uh, f- great in fantasy, but just a fun player to watch, you know, really yeah really aggressive and and, um, creative too. Now
2: you mentioned Jack Harrison and that wonderful season we enjoyed at Yankee stadium with NYC FC. You remember who the manager was for NYC FC in that season?
1: No, I don't. <laughs> was it Jesse Marsh? I can't. No, remember.
2: Pa- Patrick Vieira, a new manager oh, right. of Crystal Palace. So that was that was <laughs> right. a wild announcement that I hadn't seen coming. I mean, I know Vieira started his managerial career, I think, at NYCFC. And I think Citigroup saw him as a potential um like system manager, and they could ship him to all the the various city clubs around the world yeah, melbourne the city and,
1: game right and, yeah. yeah
2: and all that and then now he he lands at crystal palace so i think in our experience watching Vieira's nycfc team was that i mean he had, a, he had a lot of great players in lampard and pierlo and 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 yeah. and poku of course and jack harrison um he did not seem to be a heavily defensive manager so i'm hopeful that palace might be able to spread their wings look oh, that was a I did not intend for that to be an eagle pun, Josh, but uh, I, I like the yeah. signing. I like it.
1: Me too, and it feels like a yeah, it's like a new day there, right? Because they've sort of they've um, was it like ten or eleven players uh, were taken off their off their roster or let their let their contracts expire uh, this summer. So yeah, I think they're they'll be fun. I think uh, you know another another London club, um, you know, Nuno signing with Wolves. I think or signing from Wolves. Um, Spurs. At, at Spurs is I think really interesting too. I mean, of course, the obvious move is um, is you know that this sort of makes Matt Doherty a possible <laughs> fantasy option yeah. again. Uh, but I, I also just wonder. I, I like his style, like as I like his personality. Like I'm not even like not even talking about his coaching style here, but I I feel like he's got the personality for a big six club, and it feels like he I don't know players like him. You know, he's sort of just he's calm. Um, mm-hmm. He you know, so I, I think I think he might be a good fit there. It's seeming more and more like Kane may not move this summer. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, who knows? But um, uh, if he does move, by the way, I think that Danny Ings would be a fun uh, replacement, especially now that Ings uh, saying that he doesn't want to re-sign with Southampton. So yeah. So that's just a quick roundup, Brandon, of some of the signings that have, you know, or that are that are coming. Or uh, you know, the Man United one with with Sancho was like we've agreed terms like you very rarely see that, you know, where they're just like, yeah, it's not done. Like we can't really talk about it, but we've agreed terms. Uh, So, uh, you know, assuming that one does get across the line. So we should get into our uh, promoted team talk, Brandon, a quick shout out though. And we will not do this. uh, I I know these shout outs get very annoying after a while, but just a a quick shout out uh, because we haven't done one of these in a while uh, for Patreon. If you'd like to support the podcast, if you want to get an extra podcast each week, Go to patreon.com/slash always cheating. Uh, we have a couple of new features this year, including the Dean's List.
2: It's yeah.
1: D-I-G-N-E. I love uh, it. It's our yeah, it's our manager of the month award. Brandon is, we were actually talking about this before we started recording today. Brandon is creating a brand new three-quarter sleeve t-shirt that we're going to be giving out uh, each month to the top manager we're also giving those out to our uh volkswagen and producer level patrons uh it's going to be a three-quarter sleeve is sort of what people sometimes call a baseball sleeve brand kind Mm -hmm. of a raglan style Mm -hmm. uh so we want to mix things up a little bit and so we're giving those away uh kind of like a camp shirt i guess um so that's that's the dean's list we have an extra podcast each week uh we do our week in review newsletter that we give out to everyone who's patron supporter at any pledge level uh they also get access to the slack at any pledge level um and uh that's it oh they had a couple of new patrons so a quick thank yous so we have a new producer brandon jeremy spiker a new volkswagen patron michael farron some new lord Sorloff patrons felix desjardins uh andrew wheatstone kagan walsh juicy neimanin and jack flash poet
2: wow i love Mr. those we Pinch had there. we had uh was it granite zone last week yeah granite zone jack flash poet is giving granite a run for his yeah. money with the great patreon sign-up names um yeah. big i've got my arms wide open right now josh and i'm welcoming all of them in for a big group hug so that that's that's my welcome to the new patrons this week
1: yeah thanks everybody and once again patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can join let's take a break we'll get back and talk about the promoted teams and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, Brian, we're back. Promoted club discussion. Uh, we're going to do this in alphabetical order. That just seemed like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to pick like the order to go. And I was like, yeah, oh, let's just go alphabetical. So we're going to kick things off with Brentford. I think Brentford is actually a, a good, the, good uh, the perfect club to kick things off with though, because of the club that I probably knew the least about, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Watford and uh, Norwich were, you know, were just up. So we, we know some of those players a little bit better. But Brentford is a little bit of a blank slate. I mean, the, the thing that we sort of know about Brentford is they have this um, money ball style approach, Brandon. Yeah, you know, they're they're a real of, um,
2: data club more than most.
1: Exactly. And you and I are both longtime listeners of the stats bomb podcast yeah. and, and, re- and, and, reader of that website. And I know that those folks did some, did some work for Brentford. And so kind of known for being smart, doing good business. Uh, you know, there are a lot of Brentford players already in the premier league. Uh, Neil Mappe comes from Brentford, Ali Watkins, uh, mm-hmm. Saeed Ben Rama who yeah. came on, you know, and played pretty well late. Uh, and you know so they signed off all these attacking players and yet they still uh, were able to earn promotion this year and they did it through the, uh, through the playoff. But, despite coming through the playoff, I feel like they're just because the reputation is so good. I I think that they're they're a club that I think may actually be able to stay up this season.
2: And weirdly, Brentford effectively being the third place team by way of, uh, well, they did finish third in the table and then winning the championship playoff. Weirdly, they become the team most exciting for fantasy managers. And I do think that there is something to be said for winning the championship playoff i mean i'm a fulham supporter and fulham got relegated after both times winning the playoff but yet i think it does take a certain degree of it just it just takes a a different type of grit a different type of of tactical flexibility to work your way through this uh championship playoff I mean, it's a it's a home and away leg and then and then a final at Wembley and I think for Brentford to make it to the final two seasons in a row really shows that Thomas Franks their Danish manager yeah. knows this club Coolest exceptionally guy. yeah he he cuts a really cool figure right he he's he comes from that Pep Guardiola school of dressed like you've been here before um (laughs) and uh i i just think he brentford will benefit from frank's just knowing the club so well having a very clear identity of how he needs to play with still having that some flexibility that i'm kind of hinting at with this this um the playoff runs that brentford have been in so yeah i think i think they're an exciting club to watch Uh, Now we have to talk about which players do they watch. But Josh, why don't you just set us up by looking at their opening fixtures to start the season?
1: Yeah. And I think they're really going to be pretty hyped for these opening fixtures because it is their first time playing uh top flight football since the 1946, 1947 season. So, I mean, we're, we're, t- we're talking about fantasy here, but as a fan, I love that. I, I love um, when there's a brand new club in the premier league, it just makes things, I, I don't know why it just adds like a little more juice to the season. I remember yeah. doing this way a little bit was with Sheffield United a couple of years ago too. Um, and so, yeah, early fixtures, they play, they actually play the first match of uh, the premier league season. They play on friday uh, august 13th which is the uh, the kickoff match this year they play arsenal at home um and then palace away villa away brighton at home wolves away so i, I would say that's a that's a reasonable start i would call, i would give that like a six out of ten you know that is mm-hmm. that isn't a better better than average start um i think that the in some ways although we're going to talk about more than just him i feel like the Fantasy discussion right now around Brantford begins and ends with Ivan Tony. So, Brandon, as we start to talk about these promoted teams, uh, I should note that we got some data. We're, we're friends, and, and one of, it's actually a, a, a Patreon supporter of ours, uh, one of the people who runs the uh, the Gaffer, which is the uh, championship fantasy game. Uh, and they, they pulled some data together from uh, the players from last season. And so we're going to be using that. We're going to be leaning on that heavily as we talk about uh, these players. Um, and so, th- and thank you to, to them for that. Uh, and you, you know, as a, as a Fulham supporter, Brandon, you may be doing some, some gaffer fantasy. This season. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I definitely encourage you if you're, if you follow a championship club to go to gaffer.io and that's G A F F R.io. And it's a really quite elegant looking fantasy game and they run the game similar to the way FPL points are scored. So yeah, Josh, like as we talk about last season's gaffer, Points and and stats that we got from those folks, it's going to really help contextualize how we think that these uh, promoted teams, these promoted players, are going to do in the FPL game itself. Because it's kind of apples and apples as we talk about these gaffer stats.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's exactly right. So uh, Ivan Tony, the first name that we talk about it appropriately, I feel like of all the of all the three promoted clubs, I feel like he's the one who. Uh, maybe the Watford defense, which we could talk about a little bit too, but I feel like Ivan Tony is, uh, 31 goals last season. I believe that it tied, um, it t- like, I think it was like the most goals, uh, that a championship player had scored in the 21st century. So, mm-hmm. uh, so in the last 20 years, um, I think one other player had scored 31 goals in a, in a season as well. So, uh, along with 14 assists, um, he was the, uh, so obviously he was the golden boot winner in the championship. Um, and he's just 6.5 million to start the season. Uh, are you tempted at all by Ivan Tony, Brandon? What were your thoughts on him?
2: Yeah, I've been struggling a little bit with Tony and just all of these promoted clubs, because I think it was by most accounts, a relatively down year with the championship. I mean, if you watched the Brentford Swan Swansea, uh, final you're like is this really the best uh among the best the championship has to to offer uh, that that said I mean I, I am I, I am intrigued by Ivan Tony's performance throughout the season I mean he just didn't do it in spurts it was 44 uh, starts for Brentford and there was this argument being made on the uh fantasy pl reddit uh channel which I, f- I frequent uh this reddit user nevermind721 put together this theory he calls the rule of half and he was looking at goal scoring stats from a number of promoted strikers from Puki, uh the first time that norwich made the leap to the premier league Ali uh, Watkins, Diogo Jota when he came up with Wolves that one time. And typically what you see is take a championship striker's performance in the championship and their next season in the Premier League more often than not what you see is they produce half of what they did in the in the championship. So by that logic Ivan Tony, we can expect to score somewhere between 15 and 17, 18 goals this season. And then at 6.5, uh, at, a, as, a price tag, I'd say that's really quite good value. So this is contingent yeah. on so many things like can Brentford actually hit the ground running and, and, and everything that comes along with it. But I do think the expectation for Ivan Tony is big enough for me to confidently take a punt and 6.5, you know, we, we were hinting at this, talking about the price tag for, for, um, for Patrick Bamford. Six point five is gonna feel like a real bargain for Strikers, I think, as we start playing this season's FPO.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, if, if you know, if he actually were to score sixteen goals this season, you're talking about a, a season keeper, right? I mean, you're basically talking about this season's Bamford. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think I think that that's sort of what every year I like to um, I like to take a punt on uh, on a promoted striker or a striker in a promoted club at least and um you know Bamford last season uh Pookie the season before that um even Jimenez who was not part of Wolves when they got promoted but but joined that club um for the season started you know there, there's you know, the last three years you have three examples of players who really hit the ground running on a promoted club and so I think yeah. that you know he's he's got he's got the size he's got the physicality yeah uh, he came up through the newcastle or the, i think it was the, the newcastle youth system so um so you know it's not like he's sort of this is not a jamie Vardy type like would t- you know like kind of making the way through all the divisions um it's sort of it's it is a, mo- a little more a lot more like the bamford story actually in some ways yeah. right which is a a player who is who has a premier league body and uh it just took a little while to to figure out how to you know um how to use his skills yeah, you know, yeah. correctly. So yeah, and t-
2: and talking about that body, you, you're you're used to seeing in these championship clubs, they they often play with the target man as a striker, a big guy. And Antonio has that size, but you mentioned those fourteen assists, and you know, it, compared to Puki, I think last season for Norwich had what like four assists or something, poultry like that. I think it's rare that you see these championship strikers creating that many chances for their teammates. And a player that we're going to talk about in just a second, in uh mm-hmm. he can play as a two. Like, they can play two strikers up front at Brentford. So the fact that there's just multiple routes to goals, perhaps. And I do think, like, as we talk about Norwich and Watford, the reason why we're so up on Brentford is they probably feel like the most attacking team mm-hmm. of the promoted sides
1: Yeah, I think um, they're they're interesting because uh, when it comes to the midfielders, I mean, there's there's no one priced over five point five million, so it feels like a total it's a total punt factory Brandon if, if you will sure. punt, is that a term am I inventing that am I coining punt factory because I do like that I like yeah. that idea of just a, oh god who it's, who, it's kind it, of like
2: it feels like if Andy Warhol played uh fantasy football you know famous for creating the factory in Union Square in New York City and uh, I like that idea of the punt factory sponsored by the uh, to, a can of tomato soup
1: <laughs> so let's let's walk into Josh Landon's punt factory right now I've got two players uh in that midfield to talk about uh Brian and Buemo, you mentioned already. Uh, eight goals and 11 assists and 44 appearances last season. He's only 21 years old. Uh, so, you know, some room to grow. And uh, uh, Brandon, you know, I love those transfer market valuations. He's got an $18 <laughs> valuation transfer market, which means, uh, you know, he's a highly regarded. Anything over $15 million, I feel like, especially in a promoted club, means that they're, um, you know, other people, other clubs are going to have their eye on that player. And so, um, yeah, I think that he is, you know, he's only... Uh, came in at 5.5 million. So he's kind of right at the, at the upper limit of what you would want, where you want to go with, uh, with a promoted player, you mm-hmm. know, on a, on a club like on a club like Brentford. Um, you know, Tony just feels a little safer. Um, again, if you, if you, if you talk about having those numbers, you're talking about maybe four goals and, and, st- six assists, five, you know, five, uh, something like that, uh, for, for a player like Embuema. So, um, that starts to feel a little richer 5.5 million, especially when you have someone like Stuart Dallas, um, who I think is just kind of, even though he's, now classified as a midfielder, I think maybe just a little more likely uh, to to get those kind of returns, right? Just because he will be playing that number yeah. 10 role a lot.
2: And so, five, yeah, 5.5, 5, sometimes the 0. 0.5 makes all the difference when you're putting your 15-man squad together. So then yeah. Matthias Jensen, he is like not nearly as sexy a prospect for the Brentford midfield. But at 5 million, you save 0. 0.5 and Jensen is on set some set pieces So Mm -hmm. he could potentially, um, depending on on how the attack shakes out in the league this season, could potentially be a fifth midfielder for you at 5.0. And you just love to figure out who are the set piece takers in these promoted clubs, because that will just sort of like ease the path to FPL points. We didn't even mention that Tony is the penalty taker for Brentford, which just like adds to the appeal there.
1: Yeah. And, and playing at home in that, that first match, it just, their first, their first, uh, uh, uh the first first division match in 70 yeah. years. I mean, it's just it, 75 years. It's just so tempting to, to have him for that. And, and maybe one other player. I don't know. It sort of depends on how your squad uh, shapes up. Uh, Sergio Canos is the other player, um, who you could sort of put in that top-tier midfield category for Brentford. He had uh, nine goals, 10 assists, and 46 appearances last season. The comes in at $5.5 million. Uh There's a, a possible buyer beware situation to be considering, though. He did play as a left wing back at times last season. Um, he was filling in for uh, Rico Henry, who's a, a highly regarded left wing back who missed the last three months due to a hamstring injury. So um, as long as Henry is back, then you would expect Conos to play in a more – Attacking role. Uh, but again, I, I feel like with Mbobo and Canos, it's really... Um, uh, you know, they're just like players to watch. They're not... I wouldn't yeah. consider either one for my squad. I don't know if you feel any differently. Well,
2: there. I I mean, talking about Rico Henry, I think the exciting thing about the Brentford defense is that they moved recently to a three-at-the-back formation, which would mean mm-hmm. that their, their fullbacks are wingers pushing really high up the pitch. So you can anticipate a lot more attacking involvement from Brentford fullbacks, wide defenders. So Henry and Rasmussen are the two fullbacks that jump out just based on how, how they set up last season. And yeah, Henry coming back from that injury uh, you you kind of have to see how he starts the season, but um, it just goes back to that Brentford should be among the most attacking promoted clubs, and their defensive setup should should uh, carry that through. Yeah.
1: Um. Again, I, I I sort of like 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 the midfield when it comes to defense. I'm not super. Um. I you know, and then you could throw David Rea in there as well, the the keeper. Um, yeah. 25 year old is highly regarded Spanish keeper. I've actually heard some arsenal interest if, if burn Leno were to go. Um, but, um, Based on the stats alone, I mean, 16 clean sheets and 42 starts uh, for Brentford. It's not, it's not overwhelming. Um, especially uh, we're going to talk about Watford in a second, who had a significantly better um, defensive season. So yeah, uh, Rico Henry, uh, Ethan Pinnock, another player to consider. is 4.5 million. If you if you're if you're more of a if you're more of a center back uh, player, I mean, sometimes you know, especially when you don't know what the heck is going on, it's, uh-huh. there, there's something nice to be. something nice about having a center back where you just feel a little more safe that they're actually going to start all the time
2: and the thing with Pinnock is he's just like a large you know man and he's apparently the target on all corner kicks so curious to see if Pinnock can be a, a Shane Duffy type player for Brentford in the league
1: yeah that will be interesting you know sometimes um yeah sometimes those attacking returns in the championship don't um, don't tell the story, yeah. you know, and that, that's, a, you know, the, 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 as soon as you can get a little more space. Josh, the
2: plane. I I do have to get in a dig here on Rhea, though. You, many people will remember Rhea, who was made the fool by Joe Bryan uh, in that championship oh, final no, behind closed no, doors right. uh, when Fulham got Promoted. So, uh, Raya, we see Some you and kick. we haven't forgotten. Yeah. That free <laughs> yeah. kick from like 50 yards out and i um, just weirdly <laughs> beaten at the near post.
1: Um, so that is, that's Brentford. We have a couple of questions about Brentford. But we're we're going to save that for the lightning round section uh, after we go through all the, all the squads. Um, so that brings us to Norwich, Brandon, they did win the championship. Uh, and we, you know, we, we think we know this club, but again, Brandon, this is something you and I talked about last season Let's 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 use our knowledge of these players, but <laughs> okay. let's also let's also give them a fresh start. You know, yeah. this is a uh, tabula rasa, Brandon. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start fresh with this Norwich squad. Um, I will note uh, at the start that they took seven hundred and sixteen shots last season, the highest in the championship, and almost two hundred more shots than second place Watford. Isn't a fun little stat, Brennan? I thought that was interesting. I love it.
2: That's a lovely old stat you got there, Josh. That is
1: a lovely old stat as well. And, and, and for, right at the top for, in terms of <laughs> passing data as well,
2: too. For an attacking team, though, I mean, uh, passing, yeah. And guess who was playing all those plant passes, Josh? It was Emmy Buendia. So <laughs> I know. It, it, I, I, I. From a business perspective, you can see why Norwich would go ahead and sell their talismanic player as they come up to the Premier League. Like, probably Norwich are probably not going to look awesome in the Premier League. Buendia's value would probably either plateau or go down a little bit based on, um, uh, based on how Norwich performed. So they had to cash in high and maybe there was, um, an agreement where if Buendia said, I listen, I'm going to have the best season, uh, I, of my career for this club, please then let me go on to, uh, to a more established club to further my career. And that's how that happened. But, that is really the dark cloud over Norwich, as they were promoted. The reason that they won the league is largely on the back of Emi Buendia, and now he is somebody who we will talk about in the context of Aston Villa. And wow. does Norwich I feel
1: like you're Nor- not? You're not. You're not tabula rasa in this thing at all, my friend. <laughs> <This> Sorry. Is-
2: <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I mean, uh, the, the positive there is from a Norwich perspective. You take the what was it 50 million that Villa bought Buendia for sure. and yeah and you use it to bring in players that will that will generate more value for the club so um yeah. I'm I'm expecting there will be a lot of transfer news for Norwich over the next few weeks that will keep everybody updated um week yeah. to week podcast to podcast but as far as the attack for Norwich it is the old favorites for me. It's Timu Puki, mm-hmm. twenty-six goals sure. in the championship last season, and Todd Cantwell, who got, you know, every season you do Brandon Kelly's headshots, FPL price headshots, and Todd mm-hmm. Cantwell, um just from quite a distance, FPL Towers pinned him right between the eyes. The price tag of five point five is um is a killer blow to everyone, myself included, who was a huge fan of Cantwell as the fifth midfielder two seasons ago. 4.5 for Cantwell, and he would play every game, get lots of uh, scoring opportunities. So what are you you making of players coming up? Your tabula, tabula, tabula rasa.
1: Well, I mean, it's not like I I like completely um, that I feel completely differently. I mean, the one thing I think is that's going for them is they're, the, they're like the anti Fulham, where they have they have the same manager that they had a couple of seasons right. ago it, when they got promoted.
2: It, it makes me think of Burnley when they stuck with Sean Dyche after they immediately got relegated from the league. And then they came right back up, stuck with Dyche, yep. stuck with a lot of their same players. And now they are. Yeah. Um, you know, that established mid table club. And yeah, I think that's what Norwich probably had in mind. Do you keep that continuity of like what I was saying with Thomas Frank sort of, um, uh, You know, the same manager, understanding the identity of the club, what sort of what needs to be done.
1: Yeah. And so I think that that gives me a little bit of hope for this team. I mean, you know, a couple of seasons ago, they were they were um, just shipping goals. And it was it was, you know, uh, they had a fun early start. They they beat uh, a very good Man City team at home early on. Uh, And then and then the wheels came off late. Pookie stopped scoring. Uh, Cantwell really uh, filled the void for Mm -hmm. a little while. And then and then it was just nobody. Nobody was doing anything. Um, and it just, it got very messy, uh, down the stretch there. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, you've said it already. I mean, they're going to miss on his 15 goals and 17 assists. That's just a lot to replace. I mean, Buendy wasn't, he was not exactly, you know, doing fireworks, uh, in the premier league a couple of seasons ago. So maybe (laughs) that's good business. You know, he did, he
2: did have a bad injury that I think took him out of a lot of that season, but still, even when he was fit and playing I'm with you, he didn't, yeah he did not shine necessarily. Yeah.
1: yeah. He was a big chance creator. And maybe if they had a better forward, it would have, you know, it seems like he, he took on more of the scoring burden when they went down to the championship. Yeah. Um, but you know, so they, they've, they've already signed one player, this, uh, Kosovo, uh, Werder Bremen winger, uh, Milo Arashika, uh, who is, uh, I know I, I, I followed some Verde Bremen matches mostly because they have a, an American sergeant sergeant. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, sadly they did go down this season, although hopefully they'll, they'll bounce back up. It's. Uh, yeah, it's very tricky in the in the Bundesliga, but only those 16 clubs. Yeah.
2: Odds are odds are odds are not in your favor.
1: Yeah. So um he had a down year uh with only three goals and five assists for uh the relegated Werder Bremen. But I had 11 goals and eight assists the season before in, in 34 appearances. So there is you know a little bit of a uh a mixed bag there, but maybe there, maybe there's something there. Um and uh uh, 5.5 million price tag, again, a little bit like Cantwell. You wish he came in at five just to make him a little more, a little more fun. But I think he's going to get the chance to take on some of this attacking burden. And so, yeah. you know, just Rashika is just one of those players, throw him in your, um, you know in your your watch list or in the back of your yeah. brain or wherever you put players like that just just remember remember his name Brandon it's like <laughs> Marlo Stanfield okay uh-huh. well yeah. it,
2: it makes you think about Mateus Pereira for West Brom last season uh, West Brom were just very unheralded nobody expected anything of them and good players great attacking midfielders do just manage to emerge in the FPL game yeah. um you know Pereira wasn't really able yeah. to affect the trajectory of West Brom season, but he still had like helped fantasy managers have great weeks. So there's, you, you don't want to immediately uh, discount players like Rashika um, at that yeah. price tag because they will, they could very well have their day.
1: The other player. Um, so we talked about Cantwell already, I mean, the other player to talk about, we mentioned him already is Billy Gilmore, uh, 4.5 million 20 year old Scottish winger on loan from Chelsea Uh, central midfielder. So let's not, you know, there's a lot of excitement about, about, a anytime a a player from a, you know, I mean, a champions league winning side joins a a newly promoted club. There's going to be some excitement there, but you know, they're not bringing in a forward, you know, this is not a Tammy Abraham situation. Um, you know, so this is, it is a little, um, we've got to be cautious, uh, with him, but he was brought there to play. And so, and he's a good player. He's a talented player. It's like you were saying. I mean, it's not, it's not quite the same as the prayer situation because he's not an attacker, but a talented player in a team that will probably need help, you know, um, attacking-wise. Um, I don't know. I think it could be kind of fun. You know, I think that he's sort of um, – I call him a winger, by the way. He's really a central – really more of a central midfielder. So, um, you know, I think that um, – uh, you know, he's, I don't know. He's just someone that I am actually sort of tempted to put in my team in that fifth midfielder spot just for fun. I don't know. It's like, I don't want to have a, Oh, Basuma again, you know, (laughs) or it's like, it's like you want like, you want like a a mix. I don't want the 4.5 million player who is an attacker, but he's going to miss like he's going to come off the bench in most games. Like that's, I don't, I don't want that stress, but I also don't want the one who's just never going to score. You know, and so it's like finding yeah. that like perfect middle territory is what I'm looking
2: for. Jack Cork was always that player that I'd end Corky. up with at some point in the season because I knew he'd play 90, whether he was at Swansea or, or Burnley. And mm-hmm. but he was four point five. And he, you could always be confident that he'd come off the bench with two to three points. Never anything more than that. So, yeah, that that could be the problem with Gilmore. I think it right now as like four point five. Mids are really tough uh, to come by, who we're confident will actually play minutes. So Gilmore remains near the top of my watch list in that bracket just because I know he's going to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now you look at the, the most highly owned 4.5 million players. It's it's Basuma at 18%, which feels way too high for me. Uh, Gilmore is at 4.9. I, I, I think that'll probably get higher as uh, more people... Uh, realize that he's moved to norwich um mm-hmm. and then you've got yeah douglas louise allen um am just players that that nobody would be um very excited about um yeah so yeah we move on to the defense now um two players to, a couple players to highlight one is max aarons uh 18 uh clean sheets last season two goals four assists um, just four point five million, so he didn't. They didn't jack up to five million, which i was happy about. Uh, lots of transfer interest, though. So the question is whether he he does stay um, or not. Uh, are there any other defenders on Norwich that you came across you want to, you know, big up here a little oh. bit on the pod,
2: Josh? Uh, that we always have time for hashtag Greek FPL. So uh, we <laughs> have course. to we have to shout out Demetrius Gia, Giannoulis, uh, mm-hmm. who. Um, Approximately, according to Gaffer, uh, managed approximately 72 points, uh, not including bonus in Gaffer last season, just 16 starts, not a guaranteed starter, one assist, 10 clean sheets. But listen, we know we love our Greek listeners of always cheating, and you can't actually kick off a season of the Premier League until at least one Greek player has entered a, a team sheet. So... We have liftoff with Gianulis, so uh, that that's uh, true.
1: Did Holobos <laughs> leave Watford? I, I, is he still on the club? I got I got to look this up, Brandon. As we're you, talking, you no, look that up. Oh, he's Olympiakos now. It's very yeah, sad. So he so
2: went, no, went back to the mother motherland. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other one who jumps out at me is Ben Gibson, just because I remember him mm-hmm. from Burnley and. Burnley, Middles,
1: before that,
2: yeah, and you know Gibson hasn't really done anything for FPL or in the Premier League, but Burnley is much like your punt factory, Josh. Burnley has a centre back factory, so i I would put um puts put some stock in that, and just the 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 Norwich defense. I don't expect any from anything from them, but at four point five, that's kind of like what I was saying with Gilmore. It's just like we need you need to be flexible and just move to where, um, move to where the action is among the four, four point. I don't know yeah. it in the 4.5 bracket is the goal. The goal is probably just to find your guy and stick with him, like spend as few transfers in the 4.5 area as yeah. possible.
1: I think if I'm being completely honest, I, I don't see myself having any 4.5 million defenders from, from, um, Brentford or yeah. or Norwich. Now Watford we can t- we're going to talk about in just a second it may- is more of a maybe. Um
2: yeah.
1: and just just to wrap up on Norwich here, uh, Tim Kroll, we know him, we love him, we avoid him in fantasy. <laughs> 17, 17 clean sheets and 36 appearances which isn't so bad. Um one interesting piece of news though, Brandon is 4 million that's the, that is to say he's 4 million price in fantasy goalkeeper Angus Gunn signed mm-hmm. last week from Southampton. Yeah. Uh, now he was a player actually, when he, he was at Norwich previously signed with Southampton and then Kroll was brought in. So Angus Gunn has, there's a chance, I think that he could ultimately overtake uh, Tim Kroll for that starting spot, at least, yeah. you know, at some point this season. So uh, we, you know, it's just like a little, like 4 million keeper alert, you know, like if you're, if you're going with a 5 million keeper and one um, in one backup, like one backup 4 million keeper, I would strongly consider Angus Gun because I think there's a chance that he ends up becoming a starter at some point for Norwich.
2: I like that. Tim Krull is one of those players where you're like, wow, how long has this guy actually been around? Because, you know, he's, he's, was it Newcastle, Newcastle? Uh, he was at before we've seen him around the league and it feels like decades ago one of those classic players where you're like wait hold on hold on a minute definitely going to this guy's wikipedia page to see how old he is is he dorian gray uh so pop quiz josh how old is tim Krull?
1: oh 36
2: uh see exactly my point you go to his wiki and he is 33 years old just turned 33 in april and you're just kind of like i don't know what to do with that information like i kind of thought he was older but 33 is still kind of old and (laughs)
1: that is shocking well it's because he's been around forever right i mean when you and i were doing when we first started playing fantasy in 2010 he was the the newcastle starting keeper wasn't he yeah yeah exactly years ago exactly he was super young then wow 33 i i assumed he was thirty-six. Yeah, somewhere between 36 and 40.
2: Yeah. Uh, so yeah. my concern with Norwich, Josh, is that we talked about Brentford as the attacking promoted side. We're about to talk about Watford as the defensive promoted side. I don't really know what to do with this iteration of Norwich as they come up. So it kind of does confuse me with the FPL stakes. And yeah. I'll just quick quickly shout out. So we're all on the same page here because we, we talked about it with Brentford. Um, Pukie likely to be the, the set penalty taker. And then Dowell, Kieran Dowell in the midfield, who we didn't touch upon at all is takes a lot of their, their set pieces that very well could change with the transfers that are coming in for Norwich. But again, yeah, I just don't know what to do with this team.
1: Okay. That's, that's good to know. And Dowell is, uh, yeah, also at 5.5 million. Yeah. It feels like there's, um, just a, like, it's like, there's some things that are interesting, but it feels like Brentford, Compared to that, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they just seem a little more fun, you know. I think that that's part of it. I mean, um sometimes doing well in fantasy means you don't go for the fun pick. I, I, I do realize that, but um at the moment, it's it's hard to be super enthused about any of the Norwich fantasy assets. So let's yeah. let's see where we are. And they also have a terrible start to the season fixture wise. So we're going to get five or six weeks to to. They play Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, and Arsenal in their first four. I mean, it's a it's a really rotten start. Um So they're a real wait and see club for me. Brennan, that finally brings us to Watford. Massive club, as we all know. 75, I mean, I mean, massive in terms of their, their squad, Brandon. I don't, I don't think they're a massive club. I don't think I know a Watford fan, weirdly enough. Do, you, do we have any like Patreon supporters or Watford fans? Oh, they yeah. Must be out there.
2: Um, um, the 60 Second Beer Review um, guy, I'm blanking on his oh, name. Stephen Toomey. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Toomey, to the, the man, the myth, He's the legend. The uh, right. So We're Stephen is, is the guy. He's a big Bees fan.
1: Okay. All right. Fair enough. We got, we got one or hornets,
2: I guess I should say. Brentford right, of the, the
1: bees, yeah, <laughs> bees and hornets. I hadn't thought about that. It's funny. Um, so they have a you know a, a ton tons of players in their squad all the time. They they do a ton of recruitment. They really don't. They kind of seem to march to their own beat, which I think is what makes them an interesting club. Um, sometimes hard from a fantasy perspective because they're just swapping so many different players in. But uh, Zisco Nunez, he's got a very cool name. Uh, yeah, I, I love his. Uh, do, you, like do you remember the thong
2: song? Too. Do you remember the thong song, Josh? When when Cisco came out with his I do. hit? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just yeah. really had to shoehorn that 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 stupid reference into this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. and- <laughs>
1: no, no, it's well, it's you know Andy Warhol was speaking of the devil, right? So there's no <laughs> second acts in, in life, but but Cisco has has done it as the, the wiper keeper or as the wiper manager. Hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, so uh, he came up, took over the club in December, really reinvigorated the squad. They finished in second place, uh, particularly defensively. They had the most clean sheets in the division, Brandon. They had 23 clean sheets in 46. Matches. Uh, you should, however, be a little wary attacking wise. Watford created the ninth fewest chances across the championship. And you know, there's 24 clubs in the championship, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's pretty low, uh, considering. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, so it really does speak. But in some ways, I guess you could start, you could argue that that speaks even more to um, how their their defense may hold some fantasy interest. They also have a nice early run of fixtures. They play uh, Villa at home, Brighton away, Spurs away, uh, Wolves, Norwich, and Newcastle uh, in their first six. So I would say five out of six of those are pretty decent defensively. Um, Even Spurs away, I mean, who knows what they're going to look like, you know, that early in the season. So, um, you know, so the so Watford are kind of interesting because it's we defensively, they're interesting I don't know that I'm seeing a like a, a million different fantasy players here. I'm seeing a couple. I'm seeing like two or three. Maybe. Yeah. You know, the keeper, uh, Sar, maybe Kiko Feminia. you know, like it's just, just a handful throughout. Um, so but let, let's start in the order we've been going before, Brandon. Um, mm-hmm. You want to kick things off with, with João Pedro?
2: Yeah, João Pedro is a young Brazilian player. I think he's 19 years old, uh, scored nine goals, four assists and FPL uh, last season in the championship for Watford and FPL has priced him at an intriguing 5.5. 5. So we're talking about how Ivan Tony at 6.5 feels like like this is the new era of 6.5. Is the new Isaac success, speaking of Watford, at 4.5? Mm-hmm. It's a deal. So Pedro comes in and says, I'll do you better. I'll do 5.5. So I wonder if we'll see Gerald Pedro in a lot of FPL sides for people who just suddenly find themselves 1 million short of an Ivan Tony. Uh, and if I see those squads on Twitter or, or thereabouts, I will say that is a risk. You're taking a risk because I totally agree with what you're saying, Josh. We're We Watford did not base their championship campaign on uh, their attacking prowess last season and to survive in the premier league, particularly for a newly promoted club. It largely comes down to a stout defense and keeping clean sheets. So while Joe Pedro is cheap, he probably will be starved of a lot of service. So that, that is my concern. And, you know, for a long time, Premier League fans, FPL players, you're going to say, "Well, we're talking about Watford forwards, where's Troy Dini?" Well, Troy Dini is if you thought I was being harsh on Jamie Vardy earlier in the podcast, Josh, about the twilight coming, just imagine what I'm going to say yeah. about Troy Dini. Um even even according to Watford fans like this is it's it's kind of Sadly, yeah. over for him. Listen, as we all we all love he was we all
1: love Tra- Okay, mm-hmm. he's one of one of the great Brazilian players in the Premier League, and it's it, it's very sad that he's that he's on the downside now. But it, it is fun to have him back because he's a he's a he seems like a friendly guy. This seems like the kind of guy you'd want to. Like have a beer with Brandon. I don't know. Oh yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. He'd make
2: my beer list for sure. Because you know he's got stories to tell, and Troy Deeney doesn't seem like the guy who censors himself when he's telling these stories. So yeah, I...
1: <laughs> he does seem. He seems jolly. I have to say. Yeah. So uh, the midfield is where um, I mean Ismail Asar, uh, a, a player who is was really um, Watford are going to struggle to hold much longer. I think. Uh, 13 goals, 9 assists last season. Comes in at $6 million, a reasonable price. Uh, the only player with double-digit goals for Watford. Um, uh, so that is kind of interesting, by the way, just that your your midfielder is the only player with double-digit goals, uh, along with 9 assists. I think that he is in a weird... I think that $6 million is a really tricky price point. Uh, it's not... I don't like having players that $6 million price point. It tends to... I feel like you you can typically find comparable value at 5.5 million and that extra 0.5 million can help you upgrade a defender, right? Suddenly you can afford Trent Trent Alexander Arnold over Robertson or something, you know, um, with that extra 0.5 million. So I'm not super high on SAR. And the other problem is I want to see what kind of business they do this summer, because, you know, if if he is really the only like real attacking force in this squad,
0: then (laughs) on the one hand
1: you have, it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, you, again, you have the Pereira thing that you talked about uh, earlier, which is that a good player will, will rise and find a way to get his points. So I, I don't want to totally sell Sars short, but, but, you know, Pereira did have a few players who could score around him, you know, and um, the, that, that, you know, that West Brom team could be surprisingly attacking at, si- at times last season, mm-hmm. scored four five goals away to Chelsea miraculously. Um, So, you know, I think that um, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle right now for Sar. I think uh, Sema is the other player to consider here. Um, Uh Five goals, five assists last season. Slightly too expensive uh, to consider at 5.5 million. Uh, And then I just wrote, Brandon, um, lots of 5 million usual suspect types that should really (laughs) just be avoided. Uh Do you have anything else to add to that? I mean, is there any Cleverly and all things? Yeah, I
2: was was just going to say that, Josh. When you see the name Tom Cleverly, it basically is a sign that said, uh, you took a wrong turn you you need to need to backtrack and figure out where your actual destination is because that's just not where you want to be um though on a positive note i have long been a fan of will hughes and as uh, somebody with a a very pale complexion uh i just find myself often rooting for hughes he he occasionally has a a magic moment on the ball you know at Mm -hmm. least once once a season for watford I'll be rooting for him, but you'll you won't catch me uh, with him in my fantasy squad. I can tell you that. No,
1: no, he's the kind of guy who's going to get a goal in the first match of the season, <laughs> and he's going to be like in everybody's yeah. wild card, yes. and then not score again the rest yeah. of the year. Um, so defenders, the good news is that all of their defenders are five million or cheaper. The bad news is I I think it's slightly hard to figure out which one to have. You have you have Kika Feminia, who I think is probably the pick of the lot. In my head, I still see him as a as a rotation prone, um, uh, you know, um, back. But yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like that was as much the case uh, last season. He comes in at four point five million. He has uh, five assists last year, fifteen clean sheets, uh, and he has three years of Premier League experience as well. So you we figure he'd
2: yeah. come in running. I think that's the concern with Feminia is because yeah, it's it's just. The The championship is such a tough and demanding league. So you think, okay, Firminia plays a bigger role for Watford in the championship last season than he had for premier league seasons past. Maybe he's turned the corner on the same hand, on the same hand, on the other hand, um, mm-hmm. maybe it is that Firminia is a championship player and he's just not a premier league player. So, Um, while Firminia does seem like the standout pick five assists for Watford last season on a strong defensive team I I I wouldn't be punting on him expecting to start him in game week one because yeah with with the signings yet to come expectations of of uh, how they want to set up uh, maybe maybe the setup does change so but Um, I think – so going farther from from the defense into the goal, uh, one of my pandemic guilty players, Josh, was on YouTube, Ben Foster's Cycling GK, Uh, (laughs) one of like the most self-indulgent YouTube channels I've seen in a long time. It is just Ben Foster showing you all of these really expensive bicycles that he's bought and then he puts them in the back of his Tesla SUV, drives to some incredible place in, you know, in the countryside and goes on a great bike ride and then goes, sticks a GoPro in his goal, uh, to show you all the action. This is how, uh, how good. (laughs) By the way,
1: a quick quick side note, I, uh, drove a Tesla last week for the first time. Oh, tell me Uh, about it. I heard they go really fast. They do go really fast. I was with, uh, kind of a long story, but I was on vacation last week and I was, uh, uh, my wife's, uh, boss's home. Uh, upstate New York and uh and he said, Hey, do you want to drive it? And I got it and he said, Come on. He was like, <laughs> I was not going fast enough. He's like, You got you gotta see what this thing can do. He's like, put your put your like, put your foot to the floor. Yeah. And I was like, all right, here we go. And I was just
2: oh God, I dude. was
1: so terrified of wrecking his car that I couldn't even enjoy it. It was like I was too uh but yeah it's a it's a pretty fun it was a pretty fun ride.
2: So you're 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 just like Ben Foster. But there, there wasn't a whole lot of goal mouth action. But it was funny how Ben Foster then halfway through the season he gets an injury, new manager comes in, kind of reinvents the Watford defensive setup, and Daniel Bachman becomes the number one goalkeeper. So yep. you were suggesting this with Angus Gunn and uh, Tim Kroll for Norwich, like an easy 4.5, 4.0 bulletproof rotation. You're always going to have a starting keeper there. Probably the better... 4.0, 4.5 rotation will be Bachman and Foster? Yeah,
1: I mean, just whether you want to have Watford for every match, but I, I think that if you, if, realistically, it's it's very hard to imagine that I will not wildcard early. I always, we have our, our friend Dave is one of these people who like will stubbornly wait until game week 18 to wild. Like, even when he's like, six hundred and forty thousand overall he's still like nope i'm gonna wait until but i i you know i I know me and i know that like something's gonna happen early on it's gonna make me want a wild card so if i feel committed to that early wild card then maybe like you said just going with those two keepers is is the way to go Mm
2: -hmm.
1: bachman and bachman bachman foster overdrive might be uh, something (laughs) to consider
2: (laughs) there's a free team name for an enterprising listener right there (laughs)
1: All right. So that's that is. And then, you know, there are a couple other uh, defenders that we didn't talk about too much. I mean, uh, Francisco Serralto is the other. I'll just name that him at last year. He started uh, 24 of the last 26 matches after uh, Zisco's arrival. Um, And again, he's a 4.5 mean center back option if you prefer a little more uh, security. So, um, he might be one to, to watch as well, but Brandon, on that note, let's take a break. We have a few listener questions about the promoted teams. We're going to run through those in the first lightning round of the 2021, 2022 season.
2: Hey gang, Josh and I are excited to tell you about Fantasy Football Hub, one of the great FPL sites going. Visit fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always and get 50% off whichever tier you choose. And when you become a Hub member, you also become eligible for the always cheating Super League 1,000 pound cash prize. Access great fantasy minds at the Hub, all the best managers managing today. Sharing their teams, their strategies, and articles and videos throughout the season, and access all the data. I mean all the data. That includes real opta stats and easy-to-use player comparison tools. You can use the hub's game week planning tools, which include advanced fixture tickers, custom spreadsheets. And you know these spreadsheets because they are masterminded by the legendary Ben Krellen. Josh, himself. I know you are living. Uh, through the age of Krellen, right now. It is the, you know, people talk about the the Stone Age, the sure. Bronze Age. This is the age of Krellen. And listen, go onto the Hub and just chat with other managers, bounce ideas around, uh, get yourself ready for those game week deadlines. And that includes private WhatsApp group Also, the Hub has an app. This is new this season. Fantasy Football Hub uh, has an app for your mobile device. So find out more information and get that 50% off discount at fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. All
1: right, we're back. First lightning round of the season. This is a five-minute lightning round. Every question answered in 30 seconds or less. First question, FPL Smite says, is the Pookie Party 2021 going to be another carnival parade with floats and fireworks or a work party with a bunch of managers shuffling around the office drinking boxed wine?
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely a boxed wine situation. Given that we devoted, what, like 20 minutes to Ivan Tony alone, Uh yeah. Tony is drinking Pookie's milkshake uh, this summer. Mm-hmm. And I I, I fear Pookie, pokey, I feel Pookie. Will be in like 0.2 percent of teams going into game week one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's funny because if 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 Tony didn't exist, then a 26 goal scorer joining from the championship would be hailed. I mean, he did score 11 goals, um, you know, two years ago in the Premier League. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not that excited. I mean, of course, the fact that we're like like talking him down so much it, like the way my brain works I'm like oh like maybe I should be bringing him in you know <laughs> cuz mm-hmm. nobody wants him mm-hmm. uh but yeah I think that their are started they're started so bad that even if you're tempted by Pookie you've got to give them a few weeks uh to see to see how they look, you know, I mean, they they really were quite good last year in the championship. So let's, let's, let's give them at least a little time to, to prove themselves. Uh, FPL Chancer, Brandon, one of my favorite question askers Love says, do you think people will pick Tony just because he's playing on the first night? And do you mind that as an MFFA that is a make fantasy fun again strategy?
2: Do I mind it? No, I, I fully embrace it. And yeah, I, as I was talking earlier in the show, I've kind of had to go through various levels of emotion with Ivan, Tony. And right now it's just it, to me, it's an added bonus that Brentford play in the very first kickoff of Friday night of the season. Um, because I do think beyond mm-hmm. that, Tony is even uh, a great fantasy pick. So people will, yeah. people will come to him organically, but also, it is, it is, as you are fond of saying, Josh, it's like Christmas morning, that first kickoff. And I mean, this is the annoying thing about the Friday kickoff for us in the States is that it's kind of unceremonious how the season kicks off at three in the afternoon, as opposed to you get to wake up at, for a 7.45 a.m. kickoff on a Saturday morning to launch your FPL season. But um, I still think having a player in the first match whenever it kicks off is is definitely yeah. the way to make fantasy fun again.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think that um, doing well in fantasy is a good way to make fantasy fun again, too. And I, I think both of us feel like he might be a player who will help you do well this season, to be to be very simple about it. Um, two questions, Brent. I'm going to take these next two together because mm-hmm. I think they, they tie in together here. Uh, Boston Prof says, promoted teams are often good for a cheap defender or goalkeeper. Which ones would you choose? And then Jefferson T says, what's the maximum number of promoted team players you would allow yourself to have in your team in game week one? So – <laughs> Where are you leaning right now? Do you have any, Do you have any promoted players in your bus team right now, Brandon?
2: I haven't actually touched my bus team in uh, like a week, a week and a half, and having now done uh, the research that we've done for this particular episode, I'm a little more cognizant of some of the players yep. on promoted teams I want to bring in. So the way I'm currently thinking is I'll have I'll probably have three promoted players in my game week one squad. A player like Gilmore on the bench, uh, a benched uh, fifth midfielder, Tony as a starting third striker and perhaps Bachman as a starting or rotatable goalkeeper. So uh, kind of like I don't want to double up on promoted side defense. I don't think the value is there. We were talking about that four point five bracket, particularly when you've got players like Ben White floating around. So three kind of feels like a, an easy cap to set for myself. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, maybe, maybe even two. Um, I, I think uh, well, the Bachman foster thing, I hadn't really thought about just doubling up on those two. And I think that you may have stumbled on an interesting strategy there mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one that I, that I may, that I may consider. Uh, and then I, yeah, I have Tony in my, in my bus team squad right now as well. I mean, so I guess it's those, it's those three, I think that's pretty much it. We, I, Norwich, I'm not really looking at anybody. Brentford, outside of Tony, I don't have a, any strong feelings. Um, you know, in some ways it was useful just to go through all of these promoted squads uh, just to realize that I'm not missing too much from them. You know, mm-hmm. there's a uh, the a question here from uh, Pompey and Uganda says, you know, where's the value in these three teams? Can we find this seasons Dallas or Lundstrom? And the honest answer to me is that I don't think we can yet. I mean, I think that um, – you have to wait a few those players don't emerge instantly i mean they're 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 sort of yeah. the whole trick with these promoted teams is to be very very fast uh, about bringing them in because once a, once you get a, a, a lundstrom or dallas their ownership is going to skyrocket but there's going to be this like gap for two or three weeks where nobody trusts what they're seeing yet yeah and so you know if sema just starts off really hot or i i, I guess Embuema is probably or, excuse me uh, brian Embuema is probably the one who I think maybe has the most potential, given that he's young, highly rated, eight goals, eleven assists last season, only five point five million. I, I, he might be the one that I, that I think could end up being that way, and and maybe Norwich too. I mean, you know, again, we're, we're they're the team that we're selling the most short here, and so maybe there is yeah. um, there is some value there, and it could be that you know that player hasn't even joined the squad yet, right? And, that they're going
2: yeah. to uh, come later. And one thing that Pompey Pompey can look for is uh, the preseason lineups. So think of the great. The great values in seasons past or Stuart Dallas last season. We knew from preseason and understanding of how Leeds lined up previously that Dallas would be out of position. And we knew that Dallas needed to make up for injuries in that squad. With Lundstrom at 4.0 for Sheffield United the previous season, we knew going into game week one that he needed to be utilized in the midfield. And then um, I'm thinking of Aaron Wan-Bissaka, wasn't promoted, but a, a young player for Crystal Palace back in the day at 4.0. We we just knew going into game week one that he was going to start because of injury. So I think the idea of, of previewing these promoted clubs is just to kind of set us up for a way in which we can now view what the the preseason lineups and results in the end do mean for Brentford, Norwich and Watford.
1: Yeah, I mean that I think that's that's exactly right. So let's move on to the next question. Byron Bruce says, will Brentford's money ball approach have an impact in the Premier League or was it perfectly suited to their position as a lower league side?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the one that I like that's the only thing that gives me pause in terms of just like going all in on Ivan Tony is, you know, what that the what you mentioned, Josh Brentford haven't proven themselves in the Premier League since you know yeah. since it was invented they haven't been in the top division since nineteen forty seven so yeah. I don't know but uh, i i yeah. think i mean the oakland and- the oakland, the
1: oakland athletics get outspent you know by Boston and New york just like uh just like Brentford will in the premier League with with man United man City and others and uh, the Oakland Athletics still consistently make the playoffs in Major League Baseball, right? They're they're still uh, one of the top teams. They're often favorites, including last season. They were one of the best teams, and so um, I think that um, you know, I think I think being smart and having good transfers is not something that that to me necessarily doesn't that should in theory work anywhere. You know, I mean, I think Liverpool have kind of proven this too, right? They've they've been great with talent evaluation over the last five years, and yeah. it's really you know done well. For,
2: it, for in in football, though, I think that approach really only works if you get to play exactly the way you want to play. Fulham is kind of a they they are a very data driven in their in their transfers, and what happened in the Premier League the last two seasons they were promoted is they had a particular brand of football that they could not play when they got promoted. So yep. it's like. It's a, it's the difference between Leeds and Fulham. Leeds came up and they were ready to play their way and they didn't have to compromise and they achieved success. So it's like if, if Brentford is able to get results by playing the players that they've selected based on this data-driven approach, then they'll be fine. But if they have to go to plan B, that's when the wheels can just fly off.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, baseball is a little more static, right? Yeah. Where you sort of, you know, it's like your hitters and... You know, yeah, like the other team can't impose its strategy on you quite so much. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's kind of the great question about this season. I mean, I'm hoping they do. I hope it, I'm hoping it works because um, it'll be fun to see a team that that plays a little bit differently and thinks a little differently um, do well. Um, two final questions. One's from Mikey Yu. He says, will any of the promoted teams stay up?
2: Oh, God. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, I think to answer that question, I'm thinking about what are the uh other Premier League teams that I would pick to be in trouble going into this season. It, I don't know, you feel, I feel like the way Newcastle ended last season, like they, they somehow feel like they're coming out the other side of the their like club trauma, recent club trauma, but you know, they're still under yeah. Mike Ashley. So Crystal Palace, even though we were trying to big up Patrick Vieira uh new management new roster that is a club that is Tricky. notorious okay. for being in the mire so um yeah. i think i think that any of these clubs could i think Watford and Brentford in yeah. particular i think could survive if there are some standard premier league teams that just blow it
1: yeah burnley didn't didn't have a particularly good season last year either right that could be another yeah. one um, yeah I, I think I'm with you I think Brentford and Watford I guess I, I, I maybe I'd put Watford above Brentford just because they've done it before they've kind of proven that their their, their approach works you know mm. most of the time um this this kind of unique like you can't name half the players on their 75 player squad (laughs) you know but somehow it all seems to seems to work so yeah but i I do think they need they need to bring in um a little more attacking thrust so we'll see if that happens uh finally brandon peter follow says is the guy in goal for brentford called the beekeeper
2: (laughs) yeah yeah pete that's the that's the best question we've gotten all preseason. i'll take it he is the beekeeper whoever he may be i love it
1: all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been the podcast. Once again, patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to say thank you and get extra podcasts. Access to our Dean's List monthly challenge, all kinds of other stuff. Patreon.com slash always cheating is where you want to go. Brandon, can you please thank our producer patrons?
2: I love this part of the podcast, Josh. Big thanks to Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, to Big F for Bob's Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal. Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Shin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forwick, skoging Paul Herzig, Kyra Christine lalang Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Oong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadonkas, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjaria, Rom Frosk, AJ, Fly You Fools, and our newest producer, Jeremy Spidgeker. And Jeremy, if we're brutalizing your last name, please let us know because we're going to be saying your name a lot. And uh, never miss an episode of Always Cheating. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. That's a big help. Follow us wherever you get social media Josh, you're probably most active on Twitter. Give us a follow there at Hail Cheaters. For all this and more, visit our website, alwayscheating.com.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next week with a special guest. Can't wait.